Hello and welcome to another edition of Open All Ours, the QPR podcast, and we're in a, hopefully a better place than we were last week, although results actually haven't changed, but more what's going on behind the scenes. I'm joined tonight with um, someone who I bent the ear off terribly on Saturday, and I feel bad about it during the first half and second half, is Simon Hall. Hello, Simon. Hi, right, Paul. How are you doing? All right? I'm all right. We'll pretend we haven't done this before where I didn't press record, okay? Don't worry. Don't worry, that's fine. <laughs> Your secret is safe for me and mine's safe for you. Charlie Wise <laughs> joins us after we break. Hey, are you, Charlie? You all right? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Last time I seen you, you were walking away with your dad with a face like thunder walking down South Africa Road after the Sunderland game, not stopping for autographs or anything. This is correct, apart from the autographs <laughs> part. <laughs> and we're joined by someone that may be familiar, a fan's favourite, a winger of his time of... Absolute perfection crosses we could do with now. Lee Cook, hello. Good evening. Good to you be here. Well? To see you. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Lee was expecting well, it's been a me minute. to bring it's him. It's been a minute. That's what everyone says these days, isn't it? It's been a minute. Is that what he's saying? Well, I think that's what the cool kids say. It's been a minute now, isn't it? Or something like that, rather than it's <laughs> been a while. I think it's been a minute. Unsur- been a minute. Unsurprising that Finney doesn't know that. Yeah, to be fair, even when I was a kid, I was never cool. I was always the one that got picked on for being just really odd and just boring. <laughs> really, that really surprises me. Oh, mate, I was, oh, God, if, if, if it wasn't for me, someone else's life would have been hell. That's all I can say back in Belfast. <laughs> Quinty, dyslexic and celiac. There you go, big with cards played. And it, I was a joy to the bullies, I tell you. And it was shite at football. Now, we, we, Lee, before we bring you in, have we talk about the new appointment and stuff, which obviously you know. Um, yeah. the fellow well um, Simon we'll, we'll cover Saturday briefly first half good second half mistakes great goal by Chur we got battered again and we collected another three is that fair enough? It is fair enough I mean I did say that for two minutes before before we realised you hadn't put the record <laughs> on but <sighs> yeah just my, my sort of view on it was yeah the first half I thought was much better um, organisation wise it was significantly better you could see the gaps which were all over at Sunderland weren't about in that first half and yeah but as we said as I said before it was same old story teams just have don't really have to make an effort to score against us and teams that know all they've got to do is just hang in make sure they don't concede um, Middlesbrough did that they were no way near the first half, I think we all said that they were there was no way they could be that bad second half, and true to form they weren't. And then took them 15 minutes where they built up and built up and built up pressure, and the goal was coming. And again, it was a poor bit of marking in the middle, but you could tell from the build-up that something was going to happen. And um, the second goal, I think, was the one which killed it with the penalty. I know my wife, who was with me, thought that. Boonham had got the ball and other people had said that but you don't go diving in your own box like that you're you're asking for a referee to make a decision in my opinion I think it was yours as well Paul was it looked an absolute nailed on penalty from where we were first time and it's another one of those things with Iraboonam of he's 19 years old but should he really be learning on the job with us like that chair great finish and yeah, for all of about a minute, we had a bit of hope, but then it was another shambolic third goal, and ultimately it's same old, same old. We don't, um, 
we can't, we don't really create enough chances and it's very, very easy to score against us. And as we know, it's a potent mix. And I think with Critchley at the end, I think we all said the long goodbye. I think he knew he was going at that yeah. time as well. And I think particularly after the Sunderland game, it's been quite inevitable. Yeah, um, I saw the, the penalty again with the benefit of TV. It wasn't a pen. Looked it from where we were, but I don't think it was a pen. But you're right about the way he went in. Uh, the long goodbye from Critchley was pretty obvious, wasn't it? I mean, he was like, you know, I mean, I'm still trying to recover what the idea of playing field as a winger, then he goes in the middle, then goes back out the wing when people just run him past him. And just, yeah, that, that, yeah. I mean, I, I felt sorry for Chrissy in some ways because he had heard it two players scored, we've said this. Um, but after a bit on Saturday, I think that was, after that result, it was a, it, it was probably the, the right was on the wall. Maybe it was the right thing though, because the way the results went last night against us, it's, it's going to be a hard one, even now to get out of. So it had to be done. I guess. Charlie, did you see the game Saturday at all or did, did, you, did you see the highlights? Or Sadly, I did. Um, I think it sort of summed it all up when we thought, do you know what, we did all right there and we've lost the game 3-1 in, in comparison to, to how we've been playing lately. I think it was a very strange one in terms of Borough. The place looked so flat in terms of Borough and, and as Simon rightly mentioned, um, they didn't really have to do anything and they still blew us over come the end, come the end of the game. It was, yeah, for me, it was almost Sunderland was so poor and nothing was changed from Sunderland and we expected a different result, which still bemuses me to this point. And I think that's kind of been a little bit um, embodied by some of the decisions Critchley made throughout, potentially a, a lack of changes, a lack of rotation. And I, I mean, albeit sometimes it is difficult when you when you come into the middle of the season and, and a team that's not doing well, it's not like you've got a pre-season to try out new formations, etc. Um, but yeah, some strange things were being sampled with, with Sanfield, even I think at Sunderland as well, he's playing right midfield. It, it, the writing was on the wall. It was, you know, a couple of halves in the second half and, and Middlesbrough blew us out of the water. Horrendous. I think for that third goal, it was shocking. Lazy defending, no tracking back, no marking. We just looked, just looked to stay. Um, and yeah, that that was the end. And I think in, 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 in hindsight, in reality, that was the right decision for, for Christian to part the club. After after Borough, I mean, you could even argue before that, but yeah, come come Borough on Saturday, that was it. You might you might be cynical and say maybe they just letting Gareth get another game under his belt to say goodbye to Wickham um, with the players and that. So that would be the cynical side of it. Lee, did you catch any of the game Saturday? or Were you busy scouting for players? No, or? I was busy. I didn't. I've, unfortunately, mate, I've not seen any any game this season. I've not been able to get down at any point. Um, even when we were flying, I didn't get the opportunity to come down and see what was going on. Then. But yeah, um, I felt a bit. I felt a bit sorry for Neil in a, in, a, in some sort of sense um, because he's come in with high expectations of a team that really was in a false position. Um, so from that point of view, he's he's <laughs> coming starting on the back foot anyway. But when you look at his record and what what actually happened during his short time um it was pretty bad and you can't keep you just can't afford to keep giving him another game another game another game when there's so much at stake and mm, unfortunately unfortunately for him he's he, he come in thinking that maybe he could do something and maybe push us into the playoffs but as i said i feel like we had a purple patch at the start of the season and i feel like over 40 games even bill would have probably finished mid-table with his team and I feel, I feel he was just 
coming in off the back of someone doing so well in a short period of time. I think it was 15 games. I think he won nine of them, didn't he, Bill? Um, yeah. And having that, I mean, we had a purple patch the season when the lads first got promoted from League One to the champion and I signed. I remember that season we we, had, we won seven on the spin and I think after 20 games we were sitting in second spot. But over a season with some injuries when your squad depth's not as strong as the others, it fizzles out and the table don't lie come May time. We just felt that Neil didn't really get back in in January to bring any you know, big players in that he might have wanted. Um, and I felt once the window closed, um, I thought of the writings on the wall for him, really. Um, and I'd say doing it, the time they've done it, gives them an opportunity to to stay up for sure. The, uh, this is a, You can dodge this question if you want. I don't mind being up. <clears> I know you're still involved in the game, but is there a case sometimes players just don't have a manager? They just It just doesn't work and the players just on having it at all with certain managers because it sometimes looked to be like Critchley never really had the dressing room um, yes um, in a word but you know it's you still have a bit of pride in yourself and going out and doing your job on the day you want to go out and be the best player on the pitch every game and if 11 of you are doing that then you should do all right. I mean, running that extra yard, yes, sometimes you might not do that for one manager and you, that you would do for another, but 90, 95% of it is is you will still want to be the best player on the pitch on that Saturday afternoon when you go out. So it, it, it's, it's a yes in that sense of working that extra little bit. You always see when a new manager comes in, everyone's running around like a, a blue bottle. Um, and it, it's always a little honeymoon period when a new manager comes in. Neil didn't, didn't have that for whatever reason um, but hopefully Gaz does and I, I can see Gaz rallying this group for sure and um, there's enough quality in there to get away from the relegation zone there's far many teams worse than what we are for sure um, so having someone like Gaz he, he, his strength is rallying players getting players on his side making you want to run for a brick wall for him and that's probably one of the main points that they, they went for Gareth yeah, Charlie, what do you think? Do you think, can you see why they've gone for Gareth in the same sort of mode as what Lee just said? I think it's it's obviously an interesting appointment. I think when you compare the previous managers we've had in terms of the philosophy and the style of football that the board and, and Lee have wanted to implement across the football club, I think when you look Beal, Critchley, um, even Warburton before, they've been managers that have prided themselves on possession and a free-flowing attack in football. Now, I think one of the biggest reasons as to why they potentially have wanted to take this, this position forward is that the club is obviously wants to become a selling club. It wants to, to, to create a platform that young technical players can, can show, showcase themselves upon and the club can sell forward, make a profit and reinvest in the football club. Now, if we look at the track record and we look at the, the position we've been in with these managers, we haven't really got anywhere with these managers have been quite stagnant in terms of our league position and progression through the league and we haven't really sold many players bar Eze. so now you come and look at it and go right do we go again and try and, and get another a manager that has a similar philosophy like they did with Critchley it's potentially you know a similar background going back to Beal and that didn't really work so now I think it comes back to the drawing board and you look potentially from a different perspective and go this club is in this squad, should we say, is in crisis at the moment. We've been on a serious decline since since what, November time. Um, you know, we haven't won a game in four months. 
Mm. And there's a there's a real character problem, there's a real mentality problem, and there's a real lack of confidence within the squad. So you come at it from another angle, and which is why I do think that this appointment makes sense. I think you look I think there's two, yeah, you, you're you're definitely right there. That I think there's two there's two ways to look at this appointment. One is the reason that Charlie's just said there, like he's basically hit the nail on the head there, where Gareth will come in and do that something different to what the others have been. He will get them behind him, and I think the other main point which is probably why they went for Gaz the fans were turning a little bit on the board on on Les a bit on Lee a bit there was a bit of um a bit of trust issues being lost and I feel like a, a, a big part of this although footballing reasons Gareth deserves the job totally he would have been my choice probably back in the summer I feel this also is an appointment to sort of get the get the get the fans back on side a little bit get the crowd going again take the pressure off them a little bit, gives them a bit more breathing space. Um, and obviously if Gareth does well, which I believe he will, it will then switch back to what it was before, which is generally what everybody wants. We don't want a, an atmosphere around the club that, you know, the fans are moaning at the board. We've, you know, it's been a long time since we've done that. Um, so in that sense, it's been, I think they've they've gone for, for Gaz for both reasons, not just on the field, but off the field as well. And, yeah, let's just hope that it, it everything works on and off the field because essentially we don't want to be we don't want to be the club where the fans are moaning about who's in charge in the board and all that sort of stuff. But I feel like this appointment's definitely going to help take that switch that little mentality a little bit because from what I've heard and what I've seen, that mentality was switching on the board a little bit. Um, so can I, you can I just come on the back end <laughs> just really quickly? Completely agree. I think you know the position the board's in, the negative, the negative perception, um, almost the, the down talking, and and some of the the calls for them to you know to be ejected from the club if you put for a nicer term in terms of some things been thrown about. If that is one of the biggest reasons as to why they've, and I'm sure it isn't, because I'd like to hope it isn't in terms of why they picked Gareth, then I'd be severely disappointed because I, I know there wasn't many other managers, and we can come on to this later. But I think in terms of Gareth he brings something very different, which is not a bad thing. I think in this current climate, I think it is what we need. But I'd really hope that the board is not being influenced by the surrounding noise around the club to be making a decision based upon that because they need to be making... If any clubs run properly, which, you know, there are potentially some question marks coming around at the moment, the club should be making decisions that is right for the football club and not listening to social media and all this slander about who, who we want and why we want them out on the board. They shouldn't be making decisions for the football club long-term going forward, dishing out a three-and-a-half-year contract to anybody just because it's the right decision for the fans. And I completely agree with your point, Lee, completely agree. And I think there is some element of it in that. But I would be severely disappointed with the club and the board and whoever's making these decisions if that is why they've done it. But, I think, if I can just, if I can just jump in on that as well, I think the reason why some people have come up with that is that historically, I think you look at the Holloway appointment in twenty seven yeah. in twenty sixteen. I think that yeah. was another one where <clears throat> Hasselbank hadn't really worked, and I think there was genuinely a thought, and it was a bold appointment of, right, let's get Holloway in, let's try and get some smiles on faces. And that sort of thing. And it's something that we have done. It's something we have done, particularly under the Fernandes board historically. We've tried to go occasionally. We have this sort of cycle where we try and do things and then we throw in a populist appointment just to try and keep fans on side. So I can understand the reasons why people 
might think that it is quite a cynical a cynical move. But interestingly, I've been talking quite a lot this week to a season ticket holder, Wickham fan. And going forward on this, one of the things which might potentially be a concern with Ainsworth is Ainsworth's had total control at Wickham. So basically, if he wants some tablecloths in the canteen or anything like that, if Ainsworth wants it, he will get it. And it's that sort of book. He has that complete and utter control. And I think what's going to be interesting, particularly with Dobson coming in, who's also had quite a major role in getting transfers, scouting, that sort of thing, is what's going to happen in the short term. I think it's going to work really, really well. And I think he'll give us the boost that we need. I think what I'm thinking about a little bit with it, judging from what my Wiccan mate is saying, is what's it going to be like medium term with that element of control? How is Gareth going to cope with someone else maybe doing some work with him when he's had all of that control in 11, in 11 years? And I don't know, Lee, how, from your experience of working with him, how do you think he'd cope with that? You mean the director of football? Listen, he's, he's, he's not done it all on his own at Wickham with the recruitment and stuff there. That's not been a problem. He's, you know, I've dealt with him on a couple of things with players. Um, you know, they was quite in-depth at Wickham. They have a, a decent scouting system there and they've got a, a little thing they do for the under-20s where they bring them through, which is where the lad, uh, Mameti, come from that recently moved to Bristol in, in the window. So that, you know, it's, it's completely different. People got to understand that League One and League Two is a different world to the Championship and the Premier League. There's such a difference in wage structure, player quality, um, price tag of a player. It's it's a different world. It is a completely different world. A lot of them clubs look for free transfers, so they're, they're sort of held back on who they can sign. When you come into the Championship, it's, it's more pressure in a way because you've got more money to spend you can attract a better player. So you're judged more. And people always say that, you know, oh, he's, you know, he's not had a, a very good budget. Sometimes it's better off like that. There's no expectations. And you just crack on with what you're doing. You work on a shoestring and then you pull a couple of decent players off that then get sold and it looks great. When you're then coming into the championship, it's a completely different kettle of fish. You've got the, the Premier Lads ship teams coming down. You've got the quality of players moving into the Prem. You've got more. You've got different wage budget and wage structure, and it's a lot harder. Um, Gaz will need the help that he's going to receive from the club. There's no denying that. But essentially, Gaz wouldn't have took this job unless he had full say on who's probably going to come in. This would have been a big part of his interview. The, the you know the the assistant going with him is been with him for so long. He was straight away. He he has to come. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Um, you know, we've got to remember Gaz has applied for this job two, three times before this. You know, it's not. This has been in his mind for a while. Mm. That he's he's had his eyes set on this for a long time, um, and he's gone for it before, and hasn't quite got over the line. So the timing of it now, it might suit Gaz. The club's down, down near the bottom, lying in seventeenth, eighteenth position. You know, everyone's got their heads down. Everyone's moaning. He's the perfect man to come in and spice it up. They, he will get a tune out of these boys. I have no doubt. Next season, after a good summer, that's when you know we can probably start thinking. Hold on, let's see where we are now because if this short period to end of the season now has to be, we got to stay up just on the run that we're on alone. That's all we can think about. There's nothing else. So bringing him in, timing wise, you know, I think it's the perfect time for him. Um, and he, he sort of, 
you know, because the previous manager has such a stinker and had a 10%, less than 10% win rate, he sort of got a free hit for a little bit. Um, and, you know, next season, once he gets hold of it, works with the, with, um, with the club, with Les and et cetera, puts his own stamp on it. And once he's got his team together, I think you'll see a different side. I've, been, I've seen Wickham more times this year than QPR and they've dominated teams. People think, you know, it was a bit direct at times when Akin Fem was playing and it was a little bit, but Gaz was playing to the strengths of that team. That's all he was doing. This year, down at Wickham was different. He had different players. He used Mehmeti a lot as a wide player. Everything went through him as sort of a winger number 10. Get, they were at the ball in the deck a lot more this season and they were dominating teams. I mean, I see mm. him. Do, I mean, even against Bolton that you thought was a tough game for him, do, dominated him. Um, so, Gaz is ready for this step up, for sure. He's, done a, he's had 10, 11 years uh, at Wickham. He's a legend, Wickham. What he's done there has been unreal. Um, so, this this is the time now for him to, to step up and show, show what he can do because everyone will want to play for him. He's, he's one of them guys that you just instantly, you know, want to, he was my roommate for a while. We were very good friends when we played together. We just got on and he got on with most people. And he, when he took over as caretaker, he'd be first to admit he, he, he was a bit of a whirlwind for him. But mm. one thing he did have was we all run an extra 10 yards for him. Because we, we all got on with him and loved him, we, we would run extra for him. And that's essentially what he's going to bring to the team for the short term, which will help us stay up we hope I, it's, in, it's interesting because I I seen the appointment I understand why they did it they brought him in to get the fans back because it, it, the place was going toxic it was it was <clears> it, it wasn't good Les was getting stick Lee got stick because of the media rounds they did before that you know Lee was on this podcast he had Les on Clive and you know it, it didn't go brilliantly for, for either really in some ways And but it's interesting that Gareth brought his own analyst I mean that's a if you're going to look for um, statements, that's an interesting one because he's 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 going to call his own shots, I think. And that might not be a bad thing because he's been a manager for 11 years. Does he really need a director of football for certain things? Maybe, but not overall. He can he knows players. He knows this league. He knows how to get the best out of people. And hopefully he'll be able to just get on with it. None of them said others won't, but do what he, he wants to do. It's about, because we need to, we need to break this thing that's going on because it hasn't been fun. It's been dire. And I think he will energise a crowd. I think there was there was talk of protests, there was talk of this and the other thing. I think Saturday's just going to be about getting behind Gareth and yeah. the team and just beating beating Blackburn and getting one win and then just try and sort ourselves out because we're in a mess. I mean, half of me is delighted that Ian was here, going to give him a chance. And the other half of me is still looking at the league table thinking we are not out of this by a long shot. Do you know what I mean? Like, Lee? There's, this, 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 there's a real worry we could still go down. And... They had to get this right. I think they have. I think he will energise. He will make the place electric. It will get buzzing. And and I just hope one thing QPR does do, which is sad, is we kill legends. You know, even Les's reputation has gone a little bit hazy recently. And, and you know, we've got to detach the player from the manager. If you look at um, Jerry, if you look at um, Holloway the second time, they got, you know, it didn't go so well. Um, and I just hope that we're able to keep Gareth you know, as, as, even if it doesn't work out, we've got to stop killing legends at QPR. We've got to keep... Do you know what I mean, Simon? It's, it's a hard one to explain, but I just hope we don't kill him. Does yeah. that make sense? And I think if I can make a point on that, and again, I asked 
I asked my mate Chris, the Wickham fan, that obviously one of the other concerns was Ainsworth at Wickham. It took him about six, seven years. Don't underestimate the job he's done. He's done an amazing job. But in his second year at Wickham, they very, very nearly went out of the league. And I think my other concern would be, and this isn't about Ainsworth, it's about what we as a fan base would potentially do if the worst came to the worst and we were in that sort of position, is that Ainsworth started relatively slowly at Wickham, but then showed significant improvement. What would we as a board and also what would we as fans be like? I think obviously we as fans would give him a lot more slack, but you know, with people on social media and so on and so forth doing the same sort of thing. And as we know, I think the board sometimes listens far too much to our social media for making decisions. And I think that's going to be something else which is potentially going to be quite be quite difficult going forward. Charlie? Yeah, another thing that is a big element to this, and it kind of comes on to, to what Simon mentioned in terms of um, like the long-term project and how much time you give him, etc. I think you look back at previous managers, I don't think potentially built a, a, a smidge of a respect given the very small time that he was with us. I can't think of a manager that has installed any form of culture and down to like the values of the squad and what they project across the players and those that instalment of belief into a set of individuals, what I think there is the potential to with Ainsworth. Yeah. I, I can't I I can't really picture going backwards and he's <clears throat> really had that level of man management skills. Um so I think that's one element that I think given time, and I think hopefully given the fact that he keeps us up, I think you've really got to go and let him have a good hit next season and just just you know, get off the man. I think, as Simon mentioned, he will get more time given the nature of the individual, given his past experience and given how much respect he's got from the fan base. And I think that's one big thing. I think we've seen this season the the fast chopping and changing. It just doesn't work because look at the hangover of Bill leaving. Look at the mess that changing to Critchley. Then again, it doesn't work going through managers in such fast fruition. You look with Warburton, there was plenty of time to write his tenure that I think it was even the year before the year before last season, there was calls to, to get Wolverton out of the club. And then he went and gave it a good hit. And then, he, you know, he got us back to before that before that January time, he really kicked on again. I think us as fans can be so fickle in terms of wanting managers in and out the door so quickly. Absolutely. And we've had a, a fine example this season of why that's... And of course, Beal wasn't, wasn't us winning them out. But I think... We, um, I'm about to say Wickham here. Yeah. Ainsworth just needs a good hit. Needs to just get behind him and just give him everything because there's nobody else that's going to come into this football club that wants to manage us any more than Gareth does. Look at those other candidates that are on the list. Uh, you know, Wilder, Jones, whatever we were getting a friend about. There's no way that they want to come to this club. And if they did want to come to this club, they would always be moaning, moaning, moaning come the summer, come next January, when it comes to the limit of funds they'd be getting. Gareth's the only person that wouldn't moan about it, can probably accept it, and has experience of work under those tight constraints before. So for me, I can't really see a manager that given his experience, given the situation, and given how much he wants this job, that deserves a better shot and deserves us fans to really get behind him. Lee, here's a question for you, for my little brain to come up with. What was Gareth like, the player, to what Gareth is now like as a manager? From what you've... Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, don't don't forget, when he was caretaker, he, the, the, the first day he got the, the caretaker's job, it was Flavio literally 
he walked on the pitch. We was doing the team team uh, pattern of play for the, the game the following day. He walked on the pitch. He sat Dowie on the pitch. And he looked at Gareth and he said, you're taking charge tomorrow. And then walked off. <laughs> and Gareth... Gareth sort of looked, to, he didn't know if he was taking the piss or or what to do. So Dowie sort of stormed off with his staff, as he, as he would. Off he went. And Gareth finished the session and we were like, what the fuck was that about? And then Gareth was just like, I don't know if I'm at, what, what's going on. I'm going to have to go and speak to him because, you know, I, I was involved in the team. So am I allowed to pick myself? Like, what am yeah. I doing? And it was all a bit of a strange sort of, I think it was six odd weeks he had. Um, and, you know, in terms of him as what he was like as a player, what he was like as a manager, I'd say personality was a little bit different because as on the field, he was literally, I've never played with anyone like it, actually. He was just, he would literally stick his head anywhere. Um, yep. And 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 it, he was sort of calm as a manager. He was trying to help the lads as much as he can in a sort of softly, Never see him get get angry at all. It was all about helping helping everybody and trying to get the best out of them, even though it was for a short period. And I think that's probably why he's been so good at Wickham. That sort of six two little stints as caretaker probably taught him a lot. Um, and like I, I think I heard him say today, he's a different person from then, and he would be. He's had eleven years of experience as a manager in League One, which is not easy. That is a horrible league. It's a tough league. There's some big teams in it with a lot bigger budgets. It's, he, he's, it's not like he, he's, he's had a tough job there and he's done really, really well. A couple of promotions. I mean, even nearly kept them up in the championship, which would have been an absolute miracle with that team. So, You're not wrong. no, he's, he's, he's pretty, pretty, I'd say he's a, a different and the same in a sense of he's still Mr. Rock and Roll. He still wears the boots on the, the cowboy boots on the side of his leather jacket. The personality of him is the same. Um, it's just he obviously a bit more toned down because he's obviously getting on a bit now, isn't he? <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's still got her love, which is more than me. That's an interest. I can't imagine that. So Flabby's just said that, go like, Dermy, out you go. Gareth, you're in charge. And that was it. He, it was it was bizarre. It was, it, was, it was bizarre. I mean, that Danny Prejo didn't get picked and, and you could tell that he didn't have a bib on. So Flav knew that the bibs were not starting. He told him that he wanted him to play him and he, Dowie said, no, he's not playing. And he sacked him on the spot. He walked out, he walked down from the canteen on the top and said, go and go and clear your desk. You're out. And it was the way he just said to Gareth, uh, Gareth, you're in charge for tomorrow and walked off. So Jesus. I think from that moment, and then I think Gareth enjoyed that six weeks, although it was a whirlwind, he loved being in charge of the lads. And I think that gave him the the hunger and the the ambition to be a manager because, you know, we, we, we had Man United in the League Cup away at Old Trafford. Um, you know, we was we had some... The, the following day was live on Sky away at Reading and Gareth was mm. on the sideline. And it was, you know, we, we battled out a nil-nil draw. We was... They were the better team on the night, but we worked so hard defensively because we wanted to work for Gaz and... You know, that that was what, that's his personality. That's what he does. And I think his man management's probably, I'd say, his biggest strength of him as being a, a, a manager, the way he looks after his players, the way he cares about his players. You know, you've got a lot of managers out there that, like, there's some bad ones. There is some shockers. And I mean shockers. 
So it's no surprise to me that Gareth's done the job he's done at Wickham at all. Um, and now we've got him. And look, who, who knows where, where he can take us. But all I know is he's going to give it 100%. And I know the fans will get behind him 100%. We all loved him when he there was there as a player. So I can see the atmosphere down there being completely different this Saturday to what it's been over the last few months. Um, and yeah, the fans at Loftus Road, they do give you a boost. And that's what they will probably need Saturday because Black, Blackburn are a very good team. So it's it's a tough game to, for him to start off. Um, but yeah, going back to the original question, I'd say he's a little bit different, but just to, toned down a little bit from his hectic playing style of smashing through brick walls, basically. <laughs> uh, one thing that stays in my head, Simon, you, you've got a good memory. Mine's shot to pieces. Wasn't there a game we were playing against someone? I don't know if you were playing this one. And someone was about to launch it from the boot and Gareth went head first, diving ahead of style at the players, at the ball coming out and just rammed it basically with his head. Yeah, there was one. Yeah, I do remember it. It was similar to, I think it was the Tyro one in the um, Premier League or Danny Simpson one. We have these players who seem to put their, try and do headers off six inches off the floor. But yeah, no, I remember, Angel. No, I do remember him doing that. So I think it was a, I think it was in about 2006, 2007, where he did Mental. something like that. And then he, he think, broke his leg once. He broke his leg. That's what I was, was going to say. He's, yeah, Luton at home it was. And he broke his leg and he played the game with yeah. it. And that's going to be the irony of talking to people like Tyler Roberts, Ethan Laird and things like that, where he's actually taking them to one side. And when we've been hearing Tyler Roberts doesn't feel like playing or something like that, Ainsworth can at least now quite legitimately say, well, I've actually played for QPR with a broken leg. So what are you, so what are you going to be doing? Now, I think there's that, I, I think having that as those sorts of examples is going to help. And I think it is going to be interesting with the people. And I think, some people have down tools with Critchley. I'm going to be fascinated on Saturday to see how many of the people who, I'll, I'll be honest, I think have phoned it in are going to be already are going to be already for Saturday. Good point, Charlie. I just want to ask you, Lee. You mentioned it briefly earlier. In terms, of, I think there's this whole debacle at the moment in terms of Ainsworth only plays direct football. He's going yeah. to struggle when it comes to playing at QPR. QPR <laughs> yeah. want to play a certain way. How do you respond to that as a man that you know him very well and you, you I'm sure yeah. you've spoken to him over? How would you respond to that? Um, I, I said it before. I think he, you play to what works with the talent and players you've got in your team. Um, and that team that he had at Wickham for, for a few years, not, not every year, <clears> was a team that suited more of a direct sort of uh, option. Um, he he changed that this season at Wickham. Um, you know, Bayo left or he retired. He, he signed Sam Vokes, who, again, similar type, target man, but a bit more mobile, can get in and around the box, goal scorer. But he was more of a going through the more talented boys and creating and dominating position and winning games. And that's what he'd done this year with him. So, you know, people will say that, you know, clubs have probably gone to watch Wickham in the past and gone out a bit too direct for what we want or what our fans expect. But essentially, Gareth was just working with what he had in the dressing room. Um, so, you know, don't judge him on that when 
he's got a team that's got better players in it and then see what he does. Um, you know, he's he's he had a not the best budget at Wickham, so it weren't like he could go and sign an unbelievable number 10 like Abir Aize or he had that luxury of saying, oh, I've got Ilias Chair or Willock. You know, he's he's had to do it in League One. So sometimes in League One, and League Two is even worse, you go more direct. It's just, it's, it comes with territory. The, the, the less the the lesser talent you have, the more direct you got to go because that's all they can do. So, you know, don't, don't judge him on that yet. He's, you've got to give him the chance yeah. to prove that that's not his style of play. It's just was his style of play with the players that he had. And it, for anyone that's actually thought that, then watch some of Wickham's game this season, if you can watch them and see how they was a, different from, from, say, three, four years ago with the players that they've got and how he was trying to install a more attacking possession-based sort of football with better, better players because they did have better players this year. I think he signed Gareth McCleary, who was, he's been a championship player his whole life a couple of seasons yeah. ago. Um, you know, and he, Sam Vokes, great centre-forward for that league, can also play. Um, so it's judging later down the line on that one, if you like. And people are quick to make these assumptions, aren't they? Especially when they see one game out of 46 that Wickham are on telly. And, oh, I watched that because Gazzy's manager. Car, did you see them last night? That might have been an awful game for Wickham. And they just pinged it long. Mm, so people, yes. make these, people make these judgments over a little snippet they see of, of a season of football. Um, mm. And that's why... We, we use that saying of old fans are fickle, but, you know, judge him. Now, now, the, now the fans are going to see him and his team every home game and, and the uh, travelling away fans, they'll see it regularly every week about how, what he wants to do. And I think they'll be pleasantly surprised if they've got that opinion of him of he just launches it because this season it hasn't been that at all. No, I agree. I'll, 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 just, I'll, I'll just take something that can launch oh, no, a freaking board into the box. Sorry. What was that sorry? I said I'll just take something that can launch a corner into the box at the moment and tell you after the flipping <laughs> corners we have had the season. Sorry, trying to carry on. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll, yeah, just just quickly and, and lastly for me, um, Lee. Also, I think one big thing that I think we we know uh, Gareth is a he's a strong character. I'm sure he's got thick skin. I think one thing that probably no matter who you are, I think given his his environment that he's become accustomed to in probably the last eleven years that he's had with uh, with Wickham I think the the expectation and probably that almost that buy-in from the fans of that being underdogs they all appreciate that they know Gareth's done well they've un, they've overperformed in so many respects as a club Wickham and I think when you pick up the man and you 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 drop him in our current environment where QPR I think as a club you know you look at our attendances the, mon the money we generate etc we're pretty much a league one club we have a lot of fans with the opinion that we're a Premier League club the expectations that come with that in comparison to the Wickham fans are almost worlds apart. And as I mentioned, I'm sure he's a strong character and et cetera, et cetera. How do you think he will cope with that? And, and to what extent and how much of a shock do you think that could be for him, given the two environments that are complete polar opposites? Yeah, I mean, go back to the start of the conversation, I was basically mentioned talking about the difference in the Championship 2 League 1. And one of them points is the expectation because when you're in the division below the promised land, everyone feels like, oh, if we spend a little bit, we, we've got a chance of getting in a playoffs, we've got a chance of getting to the Premier League. So there comes that huge, lot more pressure than 
a promotion charge in League One. And I feel like Gareth was on the path to probably, I think they were guaranteed to be in the playoffs. And he could have stayed there and stuck it out and tried to get another promotion under his belt. But he knew as soon as it was QPR, he was going. What's wrong with him? Why does he want this job now? What a silly man. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) if they had come in this summer for him, it would have been a lot easier decision for him. I mean, it must have been a tough one. He must have sat in Fort Cobb because they're they're probably the informed team. Over the last sort of two months, they've really picked up and won. I don't know what they're at for. Yeah, I mean, since Christmas, they've been been on the, the form team. So he was on a bit of a winning streak. Everyone was flying. They was dominating games. So for him to to jump ship and come, you know, maybe he wouldn't have done it if it was another team in the bottom half of the championship. He probably would have stuck it out at Wickham, but because it was QPR, he's done it. And he knows the expectation of what QPR is. He's lucky that he knows what the fans want and what they're about because he's played at the club for so many years. So I think he'd deal with the pressure fine. It's that the the biggest thing's going to be once he's had a good good year in charge um, had his own stamp on what players he wants to bring in and get got his philosophy into the boys and what, how he's going to play in a year's time if it's not working then he might start feeling the pressure a bit but essentially short term like I said before he's he, he's starting off on a winner because the previous three months has been so bad so it it, it literally can't get any worse yeah. Um, so you know Only short, things um, can always get worse at QPR mate you should do that <laughs> you can't get worse than 10% <laughs> not after I mean how many games was he in charge 17 12 he's in charge oh 12, one, 12, 12 and it was a 10% win rate which is 8 and a half know, yeah something like that I mean that's you know I feel I felt I feel sorry for him you know he's not that he's not that bad of a manager it's just no he, he was fine losing, losing battles yeah. from day one but Absolutely. The one thing Gareth will do that what probably Neil wouldn't is the personality sense of getting the lads to run for a brick wall for you. And Gareth will do that. So I think short term, it's going to be fine. And he'll handle the pressure of that. He knows what the fans want and how they want to play. But they've got to give him time on that because it takes a while to to put your print on a, on a club. That's a, that's a fact. Everybody knows that. And it was interesting watching the inside training. I don't know if anyone watched the inside training um, video, which was on the um, website. But what was really interesting was actually, and I know they show certain bits, but for those six and a bit minutes, along with the coaching, is that watching Ainsworth go and have those one-to-one, one-to-two, yeah. one-to-three sort of group chats with people. And I think... Mm. And I think one of the things as well that you could potentially compare it to on a sporting level is England cricket side in February 2022 was at absolute rock bottom. And ultimately, all it's what it's taken is for Ben, ben Stokes, Brendan McCullum to come in. And one of the main things they've done is actually just change the mentality and just try and release pressure. And if Ains- And if Gareth can actually come in and almost make it feel like you don't feel that sort of pressure. It could have those similar sorts of results to what we're seeing with the England cricket team now. And I think there's a lot, particularly with Dobson and psychology, and I know Critchley wanted a psychologist as well, trying to get to that mental side with those players. I think that also going forward could be could be quite significant as well. No, I agree. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree with that. Do, do you know Richard at all, by the way, Lee? Sorry? 
you know Richard at all? Richard no, did. not really. No, I've only I've only seen him obviously Dan Wickham and stuff. I don't know him um, that much. Apparently, he's a QPR fan as well. Apparently so. Um, Just good. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I heard Gareth say that today. Um, so he's obviously over the moon as well. And you know that, that's that's the good thing. They're both QPR men. Uh, you know, it just it just helps. It just yeah. helps, and especially mm-hmm. when when it's been so bad, um, that it's just that extra boost of the fans know that they really care, and and it ain't just that a, a manager coming in who wants to be successful himself. They they actually do care about the club. Um, you know, if you could, if you said to Gareth, where would you want to be most successful as a manager? He'd say QPR. Yeah, there's no You're there's right. no question in that. Um, you know, even though he supported Blackburn as a kid growing up, he's He's, he still lives down here. You know, every time, say, he goes shopping in Westfield, the, the relationship that you get with the QPR fans, and I've never known it really at a club of so many people that are not from London or from QPR that the fans still love once they've left. And mm. even Andy, you talk Andy Sinton from up north, you know, all these types, they, they get like a relationship with the club. And I, I don't really see that at many other clubs as much as I do at QPR. So we've got we've got them, we've got the both of them, the QPR men. Like I said, it helps, but it only helps for the short term. Long term, they need to put their stamp on it, get playing some decent football again, get some better players in, get just get the club back fighting and fighting for something that even if we're not spending big money, let's just have a fight and get near and around the playoffs. So we've got something to sort of look forward to or be excited about. You know, even the last sort of I've not even wanted to look at the results of QPR. It's no, always the first. It's always the first one I look for, but I've not even wanted to look because I sort of knew what the result was going to be. Mm. And you know, I was even had this discussion with Mike the other day. He said, "You know, we could go and beat Middlesbrough at Middlesbrough with, with Mark Bertram. I spoke to him in the week, and I said, "Look, I, I know that's that's always been the QPR way. You know, when things when the chips are down, we always will go and beat a Man United for one at Old Trafford." But I said, "We won't." with the way it is at the moment. There's no chance we're going to go to Middlesbrough and win on Saturday. I knew, I just didn't even bother looking because I knew what it was going to be. So, I think that was I think that was a thing, there, isn't it? I mean, under Critchley, we lost so many games. Letting three goals was ridiculous. Yeah. I've never done anything like it. Even even Paul Hart, I don't think, managed that as much as that. Like, And he gave it a go. Well, he was only in charge for about three games, wasn't he? Was Paul, three of them were against Sheffield United under four Kevin Blackwell. Hmm. And to be fair, that was long enough. I mean, this is the yeah. thing. I think you know, it's it's it's. Yeah. I think I was. Was he not in charge? We got done five 0 at Forest away. I'm sure. No, was. that was Mick. No, no, that was Mick Carford. That was afterwards, wasn't it? That was Mick. Yeah, yeah, that was. I don't know. I think Paul was before Mick. Mick took over from Paul. Mm. Yeah, that was it. Pretty it was sure. hard to keep track. I mean, good as how you kept. Yeah, it was track a manager a month at that. It was a manager at a month at that time until Warnick came in. Yeah, yeah, we actually Mick done. Mick got a couple of results. I remember beating. Um, I think we beat Doncaster at home because yeah. we was in a scrap. Then we knew we was in a scrap. So, you know, the football weren't weren't pretty back then. We were just fighting every week to try and get points, um, and that's pretty much what it's going to be like now. You know, it's just you can't blame them for that. Can you leave? No, you can't blame them. You know, and you know, Gareth's probably the ideal man to do that. He'll get them fighting for the club. That that's the one thing he will do. Mm-hmm. So. You know, we're, we're we're getting close to that that relegation. But when you look at some of the teams, you think, God dear, mate, we can't go down from this lot, surely. I mean, there's some really bad squads. 
Um, mm. So, you know, I, I think you, I think you get, I think you rally this group for sure. Um, and hopefully in the summer we can have a, you know, a decent summer of some ins and outs and, you know, start looking upwards like we were at the start of the season. Although, you know, I'll go back to it. I, it was just, a, I think it was a purple patch we was having. And even Bill's last four or five games, it was the right, the, you know, the signs were there, I think, of a, mm. a depleting team a little bit. Yeah. I don't think it, we would have been anywhere near where we are now, but it weren't a team that would have been challenging for the playoffs for sure. Um, it's, it's, you, know, you, you look at the teams now that it, when when Bill left, that was sort of you know West Brom were like twentieth at the time, weren't they? Yeah. And you know you look at them now; it's it's over a season, and that's what we've got to remember. And if Gaz comes in and has a little purple patch to to help us stay up, fantastic. It's going to be next season that's going to be the the one where let's let's have a good summer in the in the transfer department and look and look upwards, onwards and upwards, as they say. The, the the interesting thing will be, Lee, in all honesty, just get through the next few games, get a couple of wins, yeah. in, stay up, and then just let everyone take a deep breath, recalculate, yeah. rethink. But one thing I have, I do like about Ainsworth is, even with us, he's managed to get the right players on loan at the right time and get the most out of them. His his use of the loan market is certainly better than we've had this season. Because um, we haven't really had a good success in the loan market this season. has been very hit and miss. And, you know, that's probably one of the reasons. What's he, why uh, what's, what's he been like, led? He's he, he's a good player, but since Bill left, he's gone to pieces. Yeah, and it? I think he's one of the players who I think you could you could almost accuse of going off with very very minor injuries. I think there was one where he went off at half time at Sunderland, and everyone was like, "Oh, it's Middlesbrough away on Saturday." Oh, wow. it's, okay. it's that sort of. I think it's that sort of approach. Now that might be unfair, but. Certainly, yeah. I think there's been a few. There's been a few players like that who seem to be, yeah, have an aversion to long away games up north. And also, you got you got Richards as well, which is a stranger because I, I noticed there was a bit of a yeah, that's old. I mean, there was a there was a, a you know, Christie. I don't know how true it was. Said something, and he then went on. I've 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 heard... Twitter, Instagram, applied to basically. Sorry, Charlie, go. Oh, no, I, I don't know if I froze or you froze. Okay, I, I've heard fun. I've heard there's some there's some character issues there. That's that's what I'll say. Um, well, Robert's definitely stone tools, hasn't he? He's 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 a he's a well, he seems to be on strike basically. He might well be injured. Um, Willock came on and pulled a hamstring within five minutes, and or if it was even that long. And I just don't think. Listen, I don't think the players were having him. Whatever reason high or what and I know they're professionals and no one's got there to lose I think people like Dunn were losing their absolute shite in the pitch over, over players not doing the right thing I think Dunn's actually played quite well the last couple of games just Dunn's been, D- Dunn was pretty decided because I tell you what Simon noticed this as well the way he spoke to Kakai when, when things were going yeah. badly because he was getting mm. really Kakai was being overloaded everyone's going to criticise him but he was being massively overloaded. He had two of the best... It, 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 that forward line at Borough would put the bejesus into anyone and he was having to face him himself sometimes. And, and Dunn took him to the side. Dunn's been good. Dickie was better. Do you think? Been. Well, he, he, he was better. Some of the blocks he was doing, but some of the... Again, it's... it's I, I got the feelings that they were being told to do things and when they got on the pitch, they ignored everything they'd been told and just played through instinct. Thing is, the benchmark is so low that anyone could put a six out of ten at the moment, and you go bloody hell, they had a good game. So yeah, mm. and I think that's what brings it. And before we go and 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 think about Saturday and on, you know, going back to the like 
playing wild thing in the car on the way to the game and going mental. Here's a question. Do we still play pig bag if we score or do we play wild thing? Now, there is a question for you, Lee. What do you reckon? Or do you play both? <laughs> play both. There you go. Excellent. <laughs> Simon, wild thing stick with, or pig Stick with pig bag. Yeah, come and on, then, pig bag. What sort of question is that? Well, I'm just trying to be controversial. The podcast needs to be controversial. Really, you don't need to try and be controversial. You do that by accident. Yeah, we've had enough of that lately. You're not wrong, yeah. tell you. Tell me about now. I think I, th- I think it'd be pretty. I think the rock and roll thing's hilarious. I mean, I've I'd never seen this band play, but everyone said it wasn't actually bad. Did you see him play, Lee? Have you ever seen this band many play? A, many a time, mate. We were like his groupies at the time. <laughs> me, That's I think mental uh, me, me, my, me, Marcus Bignot and Martin Rowlands must have been about oh, five, six of them, maybe. Any good? He was, he was all right. Yeah, he was all right. Shirt so, was undone. Got the chest out. Got the pecs out. He so was uh, loving life. I remember when we went up and he sang "We're the Champions" and we went up in the. In the um, Obviously, and um, when we did the town hall thing, and he he did that, which was nice. Yeah, he's actually, he ain't bad. He he, he likes. He, he thinks he's got an unbelievable voice. I wouldn't say it's unbelievable. But it's it's all right. It's all right. It's his, football, his football management's a lot better than his voice. Put it that way. <laughs> I like that, Lee. I like that. <laughs> but, what, but what he does have, it, well, he has he has that appeal of a rock and roll star, doesn't he? The, the cowboy boots, the leather jacket, the air, he swicks the air about. And, he, you know, he is quite funny. I put a photo up yesterday on my social media of him at, at one of the gigs he was at. It was a classic picture. He's like jumping in the air. He's, his hair's sort of flicking back and he's got a guitar in his hand. And <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking, the wild thing, the wild thing. I might need to send me that for the thumbnail, actually, Lee. What's that? <laughs> I might need yeah. to send me that photo for the thumbnail. <laughs> yeah. It's a good but you picture. know what? At least, at least he's a character. At least he's a maverick. At least he's different. At least he's got personality. At least you know that he will be as honest as he can be as well. Because he always strikes me as being very honest about his own ability, about what's gone right, what's gone wrong. He will not play the media rules so much, but play himself, which is what we need. Yeah, I think I mean, it goes back. To, I think that goes back to the debate of what type of managers succeed at QPR at the moment. Is it is it managers with a bit of personality? So like Holloway, the last ones, Holloway, Warnock and so on, obviously had great, obviously had great success. And is there actually something in the fact that you need to have a big personality to be a manager at QPR? Well, the, the you you mentioned it a minute ago about Tyler Roberts not, you know, not fancying it, not want to be it, wanting to be out there on the pitch. What Gareth's personality will give to you as a player is you don't want to miss the game Saturday, just in yeah. case, because Look, look what he's done in this vibe of getting us all on the same page. I, I've got to be out there. Mm. Whereas, whereas before, you weren't bothered. You sort of nine times out of ten, you knew what was going to happen on Saturday. We were going to get out, play that, done and probably lose the game. So why do I want to be part of that? Yep. What Gareth's personality will give is he'll make them not want to miss the game. He will make them want to mm. be out on the pitch. So you might see a difference in Tyler Roberts completely now because he has got ability, the kid, and he can play. Yep. And yep. if Gareth gets his personality into him and makes him want to be out on the pitch, you know, he, he could be a, a big player for us till the end of the season. For and sure. Then, yeah. It's all about staying up, isn't it? Charlie, I'm going to go to your RZ now. Well, I was actually thinking of two, so I don't know which one I'm going to go for. Um, okay. Um, 
I just think, do you know what would be nice? Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really nice at the end of each game to actually be able to sit through the manager's post-match interview. I think for like <laughs> three months, just sitting there and hearing Critchley. Um, 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 and that's no disrespect. I mean, that is quite disrespectful, but I, I try to say that in the nicest way possible, if if that is at all possible. But... I think everyone's nodding their head, mate. You're fine. Okay, that's fine. But um, yeah, I do feel a bit sorry for Critchley, but yeah, I don't feel sorry for his post-match interviews. And I think it'd be nice to see someone that's passionate, someone that can speak fluently in front of camera and portray how he feels and let us feel that emotion from his perspective rather than um well i don't think any of us probably even watched the, the post-match interviews for probably the last two or three months so yeah i'm looking forward to that and your second one um do you know what i think i've oh, it's, it's in my head but the first one i'll do the first one i'll do you know what, Charlie? At your age, you shouldn't be forgetting things. Old fickers like me. I was things. just getting so excited about being able to listen to a post-match interview. I just I was enjoying the moment. <laughs> Excellent. Small things and all that. Uh, Simon, <laughs> I think one of the nice one of the nice things I'm having, even despite the hard run, is my son Ted, who's five now, is getting more and more enthusiastic about going to games, and he's been going since he was a little baby. Occasionally, and one of one of my favourite, one of one of my favourites, when I went back and saw him after the Middlesbrough game, and to show that he's really getting the QPR vibe at the moment, was he went, "Daddy, did QPR win?" And he went, "No, Ted, we didn't. We lost three one." And his words were, "After I just knew QPR would lose," and that's actually making me feel quite proud at the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, already as a five, already as a five year old, he gets it. And if he and if he feels like that, it's going to be great character building for him as well. Just having that sort of independence from everyone telling him to support Chelsea, Watford, or whoever. The fact that he's doing that actually is making me quite a proud dad at the moment. He's proper mid. Yes, he is. <laughs> Lee, have you got a nose end? I mean, it's what we normally say, some of this on a mind or a message to the fans about Gareth or whatever you want to say. Uh, well, my boy's now two and a half. So I'm hoping by the time he's Simon's boy's age, we're doing a bit better than we are at the moment. Well, it's a Gareth stand, isn't it? It's down to Gareth, mate. I'm going to message you now. Louis's future Queen's Park Rangers support in life is all based on what you do, Gareth. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's perfectly reasonable, Lee. I think so. I think so. I don't want to be buying him QPR kits and him getting lynched at school because we're getting relegated from the championship. I can't be having that. No. <laughs> no, you, you want to be buying him QPR kits because... We, we, want, to be, we want to be going up to the Prem. Well, yeah. And usually, I, exactly the problem we have with the fan base. Thank you very much. Anybody that's listening... London Club, London Club, 1995. Don't forget that. They were the days... My hours end is quite simple. Would you born then, Charlie? No. Nope. <laughs> 2000, well, there you mate. Go, mate. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Fuck London Club, mate. Don't remember that. What, what, hang on. Whoa. What year were you born, Charlie? 2000. Jesus. Yeah, mate. See? This is why. All the, all the expectations are us older boys. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just and we've need... had the drips and drabs since I've been about. You're only a year older than my daughter. Jesus. And she was born for another like day that? after. What was that? <laughs> and, and we and we got we got tanked by Peterborough, Danny Shitu's debut, and sent off. And that's the day after my daughter was born. 
hey ho. So hey, ho. it goes back to your messy, Simon. She, <laughs> it could only get better for her after that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> now, my answer, I just want to clear one thing up. Because um, Here we go. I wouldn't call it an incident. There's something happened Saturday. Um, and some were saying that the thing with the Billy Hughes, um, he was laughing at the fans and we didn't interject and stop that or defend the fans. Now, for those who listen to the podcast, we asked a question. I took it, and maybe wrongly, and I'll hold my hands up, that he was laughing more at the questions and exactly exasperated by the fact I'll give you this I'll give you that and you want more to which we said yes um, so I'm sorry if anyone feels that we didn't ask him the right questions or didn't challenge that but I did not think for one minute he was laughing at the fan base uh, I would have challenged him Charlie you're on that did you, did you think that at all or is that yeah. fair yeah I, until I kind of watched it back I didn't I didn't really realise maybe potentially how sarcastic it was Um mm. Uh, in the moment, obviously, you kind of, I don't know, thinking of your next question or et cetera. Um, yeah, until I kind of watched it back properly and, uh, yeah, I didn't really realise the connotations it was given off, which is potentially quite poor. But, yeah, in the moment, the way Rob, Ar- Rob asked it and what I thought he was laughing at, yeah, I think I got the wrong end of the stick at the time. But, like I say, as, as I listened to it back... I think, yeah, these connotations were different, but yeah, you know, make of it what you will, shall I say. Well, anyway, sorry to everyone who's, who thought we should have done better and um, lesson learned, shall we say. Um, and my others are, are, are there's that one of my mates that goes to football with me, Cindy, is a massive Gareth Ainsworth fan. She's probably got a restraining order, actually, but never mind. Um, and she does this thing at gigs because me, her, and Alan go to games, and she does this thing at gigs where if people talk to a gig, especially Springs, so that she she'll she'll do you with a car key. So if you um, get a car key mark, on she'll the back what, sorry, you, she'll like stick a car key in you. So she'll like do you in the ribs with a car key, which is quite painful for the kidney right, okay. with the car key. So if you go home and your back's marked in the shape of a car key, you've obviously said something nasty about Gareth, and you should think about your behaviour. So there you, go. you never careful. fail to surprise us with these RN, RZNs, do you? Like every week. I just think, where to... on earth these things come from? <laughs> You've never been to a flipping gig with her. Tell her Jesus, Christ alive. She, she, take... well, you're not really selling it to me, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, if you, if you get if you get keyed, you've obviously said something wrong with, about Gareth. And yes, it doesn't make sense. And now in reflection, I should have just ended it at the Lee Hughes apology. <laughs> never mind. Because <laughs> they're saying, we but never mind. <laughs> yeah, moving on, moving on. Um, right, the predictions. I'm going to start with Lee because you, you've made me feel absolutely really confident. The youth of the day will say super confident, but I'm neither that sort of young. young um, God, I'm close to the 60, I'm to 39. Jesus, I'm not young, I'm old and bald and fat. Anyway, Lee, prediction for Saturday. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 win excellent have you ever stuck your car keys into someone at a gig no but I've took my knickers off and thrown them at someone <laughs> Simon <laughs> I haven't taken my knickers off and thrown them at someone at a gig <laughs> where um, I, I actually funny enough I actually agree with Lee um, I actually think it's it's going to be 2-1 I think the lift of mood is going to be is going to be yeah. so significant. I think this weekend, and the fact that for this first game, everyone's going to be behind it. It's actually going to be nice to go and see, regardless. But I actually think, yeah, I'd go with two one as well. Oh, Charlie, 
I'm going to ignore the game of Never Have I Ever um, and talk about the prediction. I'd have probably, I would have probably gone for a one-one until I'd have, I'd have listened to Ainsworth's interview until he'd sold me a dream. I, he can take my money, and I'm also going to match you all with a two-one. I think it just doesn't make sense for us not to win yeah. at the weekend. So, two-one. I'm going to surprise everyone and and go for an absolute caning. I think the, the shackles are off. The lads are going to come out, give it everything. Jimmy Dunheader, uh, a Rob Dickey, Glenn Rogers style run, through ball to Ilias, who bangs it in. Um, <laughs> so I'm going for 4-0. Happy days. Do you know who we're playing? Yeah, I know. But, you know, it's Blackburn. Listen, mate. You know, I thought you were going to go 1-0. I thought you were going to say 1-0. No, go for it. Listen, the shackles are off. The goals are coming. We've, this is and, almost and like your, get... your bad prediction of saying you're gonna we were gonna win the league last year. Oh, we yeah, didn't, I'm... did he? He did. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Oh, really. yeah. And Charlie, <laughs> I, I I might mark you out for a car key treatment if you're not careful, son. It's only bad things about you, Finney. Uh, yeah, you'd be absolutely fine with that. You freaking probably get more agreement than that, I'll tell you. Now, listen, after, <laughs> uh, after travelling five hours in the motorway there and back on Saturday, I'd be absolutely delighted to see some goals in the loft there. The safe stand and buzzard, the place electric. It's hopefully going to be a day to remember. And um, welcome home, Gareth. Let's get three points and absolutely annihilate Blackburn. And I'll be happy as Larry. And Charlie, as always, thank you. It's a pleasure. Enjoy, enjoy, the, the, uh, enjoy the game Saturday, fellas. We haven't closed the podcast yet. You've, you've, you've been a bit premature there, mate. What? <laughs> hang on a wee second. You've been a wee bit premature. You goodbye. Well, you know, the, the reason I'm saying I've got like 2% left on my phone, so I might <laughs> cut out. <laughs> All right. Do you want to go now then, Lee? No, it's just if I cut out, you know why. Okay. Um, so thank you, John. This podcast has been an absolute disaster. I love it. We must get a proper host. Um, Simon, thank you so much, as yeah. always. And it was a joy to spend Saturday afternoon with you and your wife and <laughs> us just having a good old morn like the old days. As, like, as I said, Paul, it was that Jesus, old mother in It was what? It was that, that old mother in Paul. He did it again, Charlie. He said it again. You still said both books. Said, I, but, no, I no, take no. It was... You listened to what you just said. Oh. Yeah, oh, I feel another Lee Hughes apology coming on again oh, now for God. something completely different. Never mind. <laughs> Lee Cook, <laughs> I would yeah. like to thank you for spending your, your, your Wednesday evening with us and, and helping us through. And let us it, know was a, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. And I hope you're right about how you bring the club together. Thanks, Lee. Good luck, Gav. Come on, Rangers. Let's batter the Blackbird Rovers and get three points towards safety. Thank you for listening. And I promise we'll have a proper host one day. You all. <laughs> Yeah.